0: Oh that <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to gather myself Listen,
1: now. Serious content here only, correct? Oh.
0: With beautiful
1: Longhorn Nation. We're back right y'all welcome back to yet another episode of fire the cannon i'm
2: megan i'm rocky
0: and i'm steven from fanatic perspective
2: and we are fire the cannon (laughs) welcome everybody season four already we are rolling it is game week y'all and who better to start game week texas football game week than the fanatic perspective, Stephen. Welcome. You all know him from his YouTube channel, you know him from his social media at Fanatic Perspective. Welcome, Stephen. Everyone knows who you are. <laughs> Remind them who you are.
0: Absolutely, Megan Rocky. Thank you guys for having me on. Stephen, Fanatic Perspective. We are growing on YouTube, we cover Texas football. I'm a huge Texas football fan. This is all about fan engagement. And us learning from each other—that's why I love, you know, interacting with you guys and, and so many folks on social media as well. As you mentioned, Twitter, Instagram, Fanatic Perspective—you uh, know, I cover NFL as well, Cowboys football. Um, get into some MMA and boxing here and there, but uh, Texas football is is really our home, and it's game week, y'all. I'm excited.
2: Game, game week. week, I just got my game nails done. I'm showing you on the on the camera. I got my, my game nails done. <laughs> Megan always has I her nails done. done.
0: Let's go. <laughs>
2: let's go. I- Listen, it's a ritual. The players have theirs, right?
1: We, uh, I attended a, a Texas X's event uh this past weekend and the O-line was there. It was awesome to talk to some of the guys and we, Babers had asked them, oh, so what's y'all's, you know, what is your ritual? What's something weird that you do? And Hayden was funny. He was like, always put my right sock on first. Hayden Connor have to put my right sock on first. <laughs> I was like, all right, he's done it since like middle school or something. And I, you know, as much as we laugh about that, I go and look at it. And I'm like, well, shit, I do a lot of crazy stuff too. Like I wear my Cape. People know the Cape, you know, my, my battle of Gonzalez flag as a Cape, but if we lose, I wash the Cape. If we don't lose, it stays dirty. It doesn't get washed. So the goal is to always have a filthy Cape at the end of this season. But been a little too shiny for my like yeah
2: you washed it a lot last year sorry too much too much well good to have you everyone knows you for your not not I don't want to say like hot takes but you're like really of the moment inside like you keep up with what's happening you keep up with the players you have background information from the athletes and and people who are in the know in the program how did you get involved because some people don't know how did how did this come about you said you're a fan but how did this come about that now you're you are a fanatic perspective?
0: I know Uh just the community the Texas football community is is very very strong and I think after I hate to say this but my glow up as a YouTuber was really after the Maryland losses back <laughs> to- and people looking for I, I started calling it group therapy you know because we've we've, we've had a tough uh, last few years as Texas fans. And and so collectively, it's just a safe space for us to, um, you know, not just vent and complain and be negative, but talk about the team, right? And, and things we want to see from an improvement standpoint, praise that people deserve, uh, things we've lobbied for as fans and, and really kind of grew into really covering the team outright and and celebrating wins when we got them, celebrating new hires, and um, I think it's really resonated with with players, fans inside the program or people inside the program, staff uh, that we've made genuine connections with. And that's all we try to be is just really genuine. Um, we do emotional reactions after games, uh, which are really, really fun. Uh, but we've always tried to be respectful. And I think that's why we've, you know, people have really resonated with us over the, over the last few years.
1: Yeah, man, I, I've got to say, that's one thing I really love that you bring to the table, um, you know, a lot of folks know I try to not be negative Nancy. We, we get enough of that with our, with our fan base. And that's one thing from the first time I heard you from the first time I saw you saw your tweets, like you do, you keep it upbeat, like you're real. You don't bullshit. You keep it real about things. You break things down. You take a really level-headed analytic approach, but you also like, you keep that positivity. You're not just there to harp on stuff, you know? And I think, I think a lot of folks tend to get caught up in that sometimes. And um yeah, so I, I think that's a really wonderful thing. Something that really stuck out, you know, we were, we were kind of laughing about this earlier. You, you're not afraid to call other other uh, sports commentators out on really terrible takes. Um, <laughs> you know, we had a sharp, tell us a little bit about the, the sharp sports interaction that you had. I mean, I, I thought the way that you called things out was brilliant, but tell us a little bit about that, man.
0: Absolutely. So last week, there was a video that was released. It was, a lot of people had a lot of takes after Quinn Yours was named the starter. And the way it was done, Sark not necessarily announcing it immediately. It was more so John Bianco, which led to all these conspiracy theories, which led to, you know, tweets and message boards. And those are things I expect, especially from rival fans, you know, Texas, Texas fans that are listening to this that's the type of stuff you expect, right? Like talk talk your shit, whatever, like I don't care, right? But when people that cover this sport nationally, right? And people that are supposed to be, you know, really more so truth tellers in terms of what things are going on and having some sort of insight, um, I thought lines were crossed and I saw some disingenuous things that hadn't necessarily been said about Quinn Ewers in particular, and I, I, I decided to call out. And one of the reasons why I decided to call out is because I've seen Sharp Sports make really good content. And, I, and I've seen him say certain things that are accurate and, and grounded in what he's seeing with his own eyes and things of that sort. I never wanted to call anybody out to say, hey, you should why don't you like Quinn Ewers or why don't you think Quinn Ewers is going to be successful? You are more than entitled to say that you felt like Hudson Carr gave Texas a better chance to win. You felt like, you know, Quinn Ewers is not that guy or whatever. Um, My issue was not with that and the outcome of, oh, this is going to result in Texas not having a good season. My issue is how you got there. My issue is when you start saying things that are completely unfounded like NIL. Because we can we can play that game with a lot of different kids. That is not unique to Quinn Ewers, and, yours a lot and of that's teams. and a lot of teams, a lot of teams, right? When you start saying that you know so and so didn't practice well or didn't play well, and that goes against the grain of every single practice report we've seen, every single thing we have seen, whether it's open practices, whether it's the spring game, um, that's just flat on misinformation. And it needed to be called out, in my opinion. There's a time and a place, and I I, I let a lot of stuff go. I really, really do. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. Ha- as a Texas fan, you have to absolutely.
2: And and the yeah. way you did it, for those of you who don't know, go to the channel and see it, and then see the response from sharp sports and then you two got together and you went and talked it out like two people that listen to each other with respect (laughs) and I I think the way that you bring all your content the way I see it is like you take the content seriously but you're not trying to take yourself so seriously you know thank you
0: that's a great way to explain that
2: (laughs) I like that like you're having fun but you're doing something real and so like we know fanatic fan is short for fanatic right and you want to be a fan but we're also fanatics and sometimes we get emotional about it or we get defensive about things or when I saw that video I was kind of screaming that at the guy <laughs> the things that you were just calmly dropping and I'm like see that's how we're supposed to do it <laughs> and I'm like where the hell did you get this available? and you're like okay so you di- I didn't see that either it, and the way you said it made it, it was productive. And I'm sure you gained respect and followers that went to him. People that maybe didn't listen, watched his video and thought that was what was happening when it's not at all, what was happening with the story of Quinn yours. We're going to see it a lot. This even Nick Saban this week said, Alabama, we have the most NIL money and we've made the most this and that. And our kids are making the most money. The young athletes, if they, go 15 and 0 this year no one's gonna say yeah I know if they lose <laughs> one game people are gonna yeah. scream is it the NIL money yeah. I mean it's just it's it's a silly argument that has nothing to do with whether or not an athlete can produce on the field right
0: that what this 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 whole situation turned out to be one of the proudest moments I've had since i started doing this I I don't I didn't feel comfortable calling somebody out especially a fellow content creator but at personal, the end of the right? day it
1: feels personal.
0: It, yeah, it yeah. does. It does. And that's why I, I really wanted to make it clear. This is about sports. This is about what was said about the player. And anytime, you know, when people wanted to jump in in the comment section or Twitter, um, you know, we have to police our own. Right. And because, you know, it could be mob mentality, which is kind of where it started going because so many Texas fans were upset with him because he has a he has a big platform. He has over 230,000 subscribers on YouTube. Lord knows, I know how challenging that is to get there. And so um, I wanted to keep it about the content, keep it. This is has, I didn't know Marcus personally, and I got to know him as Marcus. Now I didn't know, all I knew was the sharp sports. I, I always saw on YouTube. And the first conversation we had before we even started recording was like, brother, I learned a lesson. You know, he was so humble and so, so willing to, to talk and learn and say, Hey, where did I go wrong? Or or, damn, I forgot. I I forgot. I said that about Quinn, right? Like legitimately. And so um, he owned it big time. I have nothing but respect for him, how he chose to handle the situation I was not looking for a platform to be on or any of that thing, or, you know, you know, some people try to go and take somebody else's shine or anything like 50 Mm -hmm. cent did the jaw rule. Like that was not my intention. (laughs) So um, it just happened to be, he invited me on and we had a great conversation and really able to move forward as college football fans, we're both college football fans. So
2: um, I'm
0: happy with how that ended up. And I think it's an example, like you guys said, of, of how to handle things as adults. When people As don't it agree don't. with it. Yes. Absolutely.
1: Agreed. It, w- it was a beautiful example of that. More of that, please. We, we could all use more of that on social media, online, and life in general. So. Yeah. Well, well done
2: for sure. Okay, so we said it earlier, it is game week. But first, before we get into it, because we're going to get into it, it is game week. Megan, what are you wearing to game week this week? Well, listen, if you aren't
1: geared up in your home field advantage and holding field apparel, you are not ready for game week, y'all. It is the most comfortable retro designs out there soft ass t-shirts they are so comfortable great designs and right now if you drop the code fire 12 that's f-i-r-e-1-2 you get 15 percent off of your first purchase so get geared up you got time you throw that in now you can get it by game day and look fly as hell so. and
2: remember it's all the and not just texas there's all your schools so if you're listening from another school don't worry you can get your aggie gear you can get your tech gear don't worry they got you covered they have the retro stuff like megan's a big screaming bebo fan they have the screaming bebo for you so grab your grab your retro gear and but we're looking forward right we're supposed to be looking forward that's what <laughs> stark says we're looking in the the windshield not the rearview mirror so here we go it is game week and we are excited
0: amen
2: <laughs> it's game week We have a game this Saturday, 7 p.m. DKR Memorial Stadium. It's on LHN, (laughs) so if you don't have the ESPN Plus app or Disney Plus or Hulu Plus or all the things, message your buddies who have it and use their login while they're at the game, because why are you not at the game? All right. (laughs) We can talk about SARS press conference culture. What did you hear about the conversation with culture that has you? Is it positive? Looking forward to something exciting this year?
0: I think as a Texas fan, we heard almost everything we wanted to hear. Like, there's nothing that he said where I'm like, ooh, that's questionable or or things I would look back on. I think Sark really, really, um, as well as his cadence, his body language. He talks about his body language, how he monitors his quarterback's body language. I monitor his body language. Uh, we've learned from these coaches. They have tells just like everybody else. And he seemed very, very confident, right? He seemed like he would genuinely meant uh, about the bonding, you know, and, and all the experiences and and not just the whole team, but I, I thought the position group aspect is big because you want these groups to take pride um, and, and hey, we're all competitors and we're, we're, we have one common goal and that's to beat, you know, the, the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe, right? But <laughs> at the same token, we want to grade out as the best group on the team, right? Like, so there's – I like – when you guys start developing a competition within the, within the game, right. You know, that, that camaraderie there, we want our offensive line to take pride. We want our defensive line to take pride. And so hearing that from the head coach um, that will help them. Like he said, he said it perfectly. When you face adversity, that's where all that stuff shows up because I can hold somebody. It's like work. I, it's easier for me to hold somebody accountable when I really know that person and their intent then if I don't know them at all and we're passing each other in the hallway every day and we're on our phones, you know what I mean? Like you're going to, you're going to feel some type of way. And that person checks you. And that's, that's really, we had a lot of coworker type relationships last year. Right. And so when stuff started hitting the fan, people are blaming each other and there's no guys aren't, you haven't even come into my heart, right. As a friend or any of those things. hearing that for me was was it was awesome from the, from the press conference
1: i love it i love it so yeah let's uh, let's drop in on Sark's clip uh, i think it gives a lot of insight and i love what you said about his body language and how he's talking the cadence of his voice so let's drop in on that clip real quick and check it out
2: all right here's sark from the press conference you mentioned it accountability coming from the heart he talked about love the new developed culture here we go
3: i think i think culturally you know i like a tight-knit group um that can be vulnerable can be honest um, can hold each other accountable but yet it's full of love and you know everything we say it a lot in coaching it's not personal but to me it is personal because i want what's best for our players and i want them to want it for each other um, and i think that we have done a lot of work in that area uh, i'm proud of the guys for um, being vulnerable and and really opening it up and getting to know their teammates and, and knowing what um, things have caused them angst in their lives, and what things maybe excite them that that, that push them to go further. And so, I, I think our culture is at an all-time high since I've been here. Uh, ultimately, culture gets tested when adversity strikes, right? And can we keep that bond through through the storms, right? Through the through the rough waters? And um, I'm, I, I think that we're in a place to do that. Um, and that nobody wants storms to come, but that's football's a lot like life. It comes. You never know when it's going to show up. Um, and then how we, how we persevere and how we get on the other side of it is really important. And it's a lot easier to get on the other side of it when we're really well connected um, and we're doing it for one another. And we can pick the guy up next to me and, and make sure he gets there too. So um, that's what it should look like. We, you should see you know, a 100 guys take the field Saturday night Together and you see see eleven guys playing together as one, you know down in and down out. And I'm not saying we're going to be perfect, but that's what should overall. That's what it should look like when we come out of that ball game.
1: Yeah, I look. I really love that. And one of the things I was really encouraged by. So we get we get Coach Sark here today. Uh, on, uh, we're recording on a Monday, so we hear him on Monday talk about culture, how that's made. It's really showed up. It's at an all time high. I got to tell you all at this event I was at on on Saturday, I love this because it's like all these puzzle pieces are coming together and it doesn't feel like coach speak right now because the O-line said the same thing. You know, they were asked, Babers asked him, what was different between last year and this year? And the first thing that they answered was the camaraderie. That was the first word out of their mouths. Look, and then, you know, they went to, this was actually uh, Christian Jones went on to say, you know, this year, we all know each other's hopes and dreams. We all know what we're all aspiring to. And he said, we all have each other's backs because of that. And for such a young player like Jones to pick up on that and say that just right off the bat, he knew there was no question. And then, you know, Hayden jumped in too. Connor jumped in and said the same thing. He said, yeah, man, like I know my guy next to me. We are fighting for each other. We're fighting for each other's backs in a way that we just didn't have a chance to do the previous year. And then you hear this from Sarp. And then at another point in the program, CDC came on and said, I love this quote. We all know the quote from Daryl K. Royal. It's tough when the BBs get out of the box, right? It's tough to get them all back. But one of the things that that Del Conti said was, BBs are almost all back in the box. Mm. And this to me is all these little signs of saying, look, we're there, we're close. We're doing all the right things instead of focusing on just coaching or just facilities or just this one aspect that Texas as a whole, as an entity has been known to do in the past. They're really starting from the ground up. This is a foundational issue that we had had, and this is getting built from the ground up and it starts with culture. And I'm really encouraged by what what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, not just from SARC, but from, you know, our fearless leader, CDC, from the players, from young players, from senior players. I mean, this is, this feels a little different. This feels a little different. Do you, do you get a vibe that, that feels different than last year?
0: I I want to touch on CDC. He has the credibility to say that when you consider he's got every other program pretty much rolling.
1: So he knows,
0: he knows what good looks like from a team building, especially in the team sports, right? We know some of the other sports are more individual based, but and the, and the core team sports on the 40, he's seeing it. He's right. seeing the, the, there's common traits with what the ladies are doing in so many of their sports and the camaraderie and the culture and how the ladies are able to hold each other accountable.
2: And all it, the women's sports. Pick a say. sport. <laughs>
0: well, <They're killing>
1: <laughs> and look, I won't even. Yeah, I, the women's sports are killing Volley it. Volleyball, no basketball, but, softball, right. but let's not limit it to that. Soccer, I mean, we yeah. won a director's cup two years in a row. That doesn't happen if you don't have your shit together as an athletic department. It just right. doesn't. So, I, and and again, I agree. That's, that's, God, that's great insight. It's, it's happening on every level. CDC has built on every level since he's been here. And it's been a slow and steady wins the race, right? Little slower than some Texas fans might hope for, for the behemoth that is Texas football. But man, I feel like, and look, I know we've all said this before. This time feels different, but Really, this time feels different. there is there is a different approach. This isn't putting band-aids on specific pieces. We're not treating symptoms at this point. We're starting at the core. We're treating the cause, yeah. starting from there and hopefully having a little patience to build out and get rid of those symptoms because we're attacking the cause. That's my thought on it. Rocky, you're making some faces here, girl. <laughs> what are your thoughts?
2: Show me, don't tell me. wait I mean, I I am gonna cheer and I'm gonna, gonna
0: the
2: <laughs> I'm gonna cheer and I'm gonna support and I hope we go 15 and 0. Like I've said every week, I I wish we could go 15 and 0. I still am just looking at Sark's record as a head coach and it's it still brings me back to earth. I love the staff. I love who he's put together. I love how the team is talking and and you know like they said that it's going to be when that adversity strikes like you said you're going to know what we're made of when that adversity strikes ulm if it's 14 14 going into halftime 10 10 going into halftime what are we going to see in the second half not that i expect it to be that they're favored we'll talk about it in a bit they're favored by 38 but if they're in a brawl like a couple of teams were this past weekend high school and college this weekend that were expected to play Lope. Lope. big. Lope. Yeah. We'll get into that. <laughs> some teams that were favored big in their match matchups and adversity struck. You saw what some of those teams were, what the off season built up to not the game one defines your season, but it does kind of open your eyes to what, you know, there's going to be a lot of commentary. If, if, if it was not the blowout that Vegas says it's going to be, you know, did they get better? Did they come together? Did they stay focused? Did if the big thirty point lead went to twenty four point lead because the second st- third string got some to playing time? That's different. My eyeballs tell me something different, but we'll get into that. But yes, I I really
0: I really appreciate your perspective, Rocky, because I think that is not only reasonable, but you're right from a standpoint of until the first time Sart really has like a 10 win season or anything like that will be his first time. Yep. Like he hasn't shown that. And so I think that is a fair question. And when you combine that with a youth movement that is happening, and I, I agree with what, what Megan just said in terms of that core being built and, and them starting with that, those younger guys, that's why she mentioned the offensive line and some of the quotes that they had there in terms of what they're trying to build. But we've heard these things before. That's why, you know, it's not necessarily coach. I mean, we've heard, we felt good before under previous. <laughs> have,
2: we, have we felt good That's before? what I'm saying. I felt like it's always don't drink the Kool-Aid. Okay, I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. Ah, shit, I joked on the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Oh, man, we felt terrible going in
0: 2019. Yeah. I mean, coming off of Sugar Bowl, you couldn't tell a Texas fan anything. No. And it, with what we thought that, you know, those teams would be uh, 2020 were the most experienced team in the Big 12 coming back, um, even with COVID and with in the new Big
2: 12 year. And then 2021 was supposed to be another questionable Big 12 year and other teams took advantage of it when Texas didn't. And we know there needed to be a clean out of the culture there when there's a new head coach there's a new culture there's a new staff there's new requirements there's new styles of play there could be players that just don't fit this style whatever the the combination of all the reasons are we have 35 brand new players to campus out of our 85 and at the end of the day they're going to learn and grow together and that's one of the points that Sark made today in his press conference this is not the team that went five and seven last year Texas Longhorn football program may have gone five and seven last year, last year, but this 85 group of 85 is not the group that went five and seven last year. A couple of new position coaches, but overall a pretty consistent staff and a consistent head coach. So now we get to see they brought, they did the, you know, the transfer portal. They did the pretty, pretty solid recruiting class. These are his guys that he brought in to fit his system.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Look, I, I understand all those arguments. I do. And I will be the first to tell you, I am the worst about like saying, oh, I'm going to stay level-headed. I'm going to not drink the Kool-Aid. I'm going to be <laughs> super just- chill. And then my God, at the first hint of anything good, I am, I've lost it. I've lost my damn mind. I'm wearing my burn orange glasses. I've got <laughs> my giant foam fingers on, pointing them at people's faces, right? Like I, I get it. I'm I'm the worst about that. But, um, you know, again, I, I want to go back and look at, Let's look at the, the, the social side of this. Let's look at the deeper pieces, the foundation. And I'm seeing all the right things, the culture change, the not just focusing on fixing symptoms or addressing symptoms or like Herman never had a problem again with, with recruiting at, you know, we'd have these incredible classes because we've got these amazing five stars coming in at the specialty positions, right? But there was fundamental issues elsewhere. And in not just, not just one other area, culture became a problem. Clearly. Um, You know, we had issues with the O-line, obviously D-line was questionable at times. We might have one or two breakout stars, but there wasn't that consistency. And I think we've seen a real shift with this staff. Once they got past having the worst hand dealt to them of being hired on during COVID and having facilities being redone and not being able to connect with their team and then going on, right? Like, a lot of odds were stacked against him. And now Rocky, to your point, we're, we're at a point where pretty early in a coach's tenure, we can say most of these guys are his guys because he Mel Tuckered the shit out of this. He went in, cleared out a bunch of players that weren't buying into the culture necessarily and, and got guys that are his. So Jimbo Fisher, no excuse, right? He's on his fifth year. These are all his guys because of recruiting and the way that they're coming through. Sark, Similar situation in the sense that like in a second year, third year, you wouldn't normally see a coach have all his guys there, but he wrecked shop. He cleaned things out, brought a lot of folks in and recruited well. So I'm seeing, to me, I'm going to choose those little nuggets of positivity and say that I think we've got those building blocks there where we haven't I hope had we them do.
2: before. I hope
1: we do. Yeah. I love
0: the facial expressions.
2: Listen, well, <laughs> my thought is, and and we'll get to this game in a minute, but Nebraska Northwestern, we will get to it. <laughs> Listening to the announcers in the game, half the players were transfers. The offensive player of the year for the such and such conference is now on this team. Like. And we know they have their QB. We'll get to it. But they were also transfer you. They were also trying to rebuild and and stack up and bring in who they thought were bits and pieces, experienced seniors or graduating transfers from other places to Nebraska to clean that up. And we'll get to it. it there's, we'll talk about how they align with Texas. We'll, we'll, we'll dive into that. Yeah, we sure. will. But first, we do uh, get back to it. We have a game this weekend, ULM. <laughs> the university of louisiana at monroe they are the war Warhawks?
0: War, war hawks
2: Warhawks. War <laughs> hawks hey, with authority i like the it war
1: hawks. Hawks.
2: that's aggressive
0: i, like, that I like
2: it so it's like I, war, I like it we got war eagle kind of like game we got Box. war hawks. fighting the fighting cops. yeah i, I love it <laughs> all right if you had a chance to dig into that roster that team where you at
0: So very interesting program because Terry Bowden, um, you know, who's who's been all over college football, is one of the older, the older, more experienced coaches in all of college football. And we know the Bowden family very well. Um, He is an
1: experienced always seems to be the word that follows the Bowden name, isn't it? Is there is it, i think they're just born old is there a such there, thing as a young bowden <laughs> I, I don't think there it's is like
2: the benjamin button family yeah right like there.
1: they they come out 47 years old and just age with a there. playbook
0: <laughs> oh that <laughs> i'm trying to i trying to gather myself now.
1: serious content here only correct oh, right? man.
0: <laughs> yeah so coach bowden is in year two and last year, you know, same, same kind of similar situation where they started out okay uh, and, and really thought, hey, we're going to make a bowl in our first year under Coach Bowden. I think they were like 0-10 a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken. They may have been like 0-10 or something crazy a couple of years ago. And they're already like tracking well. They had a big upset over Liberty. Uh, who mm-hmm. Malik Willis is now your quarterback in the NFL? Yes, or, he is, I
2: and I. There's excitement with the Titans. Go ahead, keep going.
0: Yep, yeah, and um, they they upset Liberty. They had, you know, they played LSU really close. Um, they played uh, Lafayette really close. Who, what, looking back, was probably one of the highlights. Definitely one of the highlights of our season because uh, Lafayette went on to. I don't think they lost after. We beat them in in our opener.
2: That was their only loss of the season. You're right. That was
0: their only loss. So um, they, you know, but they, it was a 21-16 game when they played um, LM even at the end of last season. I say all that to say with this particular opponent, I think that what what, what we'll see, um, Chandler Rogers, who's their quarterback, pretty mobile kid. And he will take shots. They have one of the strengths of their team is their receiving core. Um, They have some pretty good kids out there that can go get the football. They're not really big. Um, Their whole team's not really big. They're not, you know, they don't have a whole bunch of dynamic athletes outside of, I would say, the receivers. The receivers are good. I think this is a wonderful test right right off the bat for our DBs um, to see how they'll play the ball in the air. They will. Try to get their one on ones downfield. And this quarterback will move. Um, it won't be like Levi Lewis uh, when we played Lafayette. And I felt like Levi Lewis never really wanted to pull the trigger and get aggressive downfield. And Texas was, PK was able to just chip away at them. I think this guy will take shots and try to, you know, if he throws a pick, he throws a pick, but he's going to try to test out. Jamison, um, we'll we'll see the debut of Ryan Watts, right? Yes. Um, how we communicate on the back end? I'm hearing they're probably going to go with Jaron Thompson as safety because Jaron Thompson's the best communicator. That's what I'm hearing. So I want to see that tested because that's been an issue over Lord knows how long with, with plays
2: Cook. with Cook or instead of Cook
0: with Cook with okay. Anthony Cook. <laughs>
2: Don't yes. Oh, you, know, you had any panicking in the world and have one safety.
0: Oh, I apologize. Yeah, oh, okay. Jaron Thompson and Anthony Cooper. <laughs> Please
2: tell me we have one higher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Thank you.
0: No <laughs> worries. Okay. Yeah, in the spring, it looked like it was going to be Keaton Crawford that was going to win that job. And it, it, it sounds like Jaron Thompson was able to. Um, take over and they say it's he he's become a leader he's the most vocal he's the best communicator back there which was a significant problem for our our secondary last year they just weren't able to talk to each other in the middle of a play and communicate and make sure everybody was reading from the same sheet of music so if we have that back there and we're playing a team where their strength is their receivers they want to push the ball down the field that's a great test for us um, I think we'll hold up great against the run against this team just because of their size and, and and some of the challenges they'll have. They have good running backs, but I just don't know how much space they'll really have to run on us. I think the test will be for the DBs um, playing the ball in the air. And then defensively um, with ULM, I like their linebackers. They're very, very active and they're going to blitz. Um, and the first thing I want to see in terms of Quinn Ewers is I want to see him get hit. He hasn't been tackled in a long time. Yeah. We want to see him respond. Right. You know, the first lick you take, you know, how does the ball come out after that? Um, You know, well, we'll, again, we're going to talk about Nebraska later, but that was something that, in my opinion, impacted that football game. um, Absolutely.
1: That's definitely been something that's been an issue for Texas. Right. Like this was a criticism of Hudson Card last year. Once he got rattled, he was rattled and, and there wasn't a way to calm him down. He he wasn't taking great shots after he had taken a big shot. Right. right. And so I agree. I mean, you might be the only Texas fan that's saying I want to see Quinn get hit. <laughs> but again, yeah. I, I don't disagree with right. with with the test. We need to see him under some pressure to see how he'll react. Now, this is another thing that I've said, too. And, and Rocky, I think we're in agreement here. Are we? Okay, I right. think usually. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'll uh, be the uh,
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe not this time. I don't know. But that's one thing that I'm hoping to see just from fans in general. Recognize that yours is, is still young. He is a true freshman, technically. He is a gunslinger. He is going to take shots. But it is still, he is, we are going to experience growing pains. Yep. We are going to experience some boneheaded plays and it may come after he's taken a shot and he's figuring life out and figuring what to do, but we got to be patient. And and I think this coaching staff will be patient. I implore the Texas fans again. I, I feel like I've said this every week for the <laughs> for this whole season. I implore the Texas fans to be patient too, because the outcome isn't always going to be perfect, but we know that the upside far outweighs the downside. And we know that the glass ceiling, that ceiling is high with yours, right? We, we're, we're looking forward to seeing that and seeing how he reacts, no question.
2: Right, we talked about that last week. You you want the aggressive gunslinger, but you're gonna live and die by it. So just be patient. And he they the coaches said he's the kind of player that can shake it off and move on to the next play. So let's also just shake it off and move on to the next play. But one thing, um, Stephen, that you mentioned a minute ago, you talked about the DBs and that they're going to get tested this week, week one. They're about to be tested. You like the receivers on ULM. So here's, we've heard this from Cook. Now we heard it from Jamison and again from Sark today. They're moving to that tighter coverage, right? And they feel like he said, yep. Cook said it's about communication. Jamison said it's about not giving them space. Sark said, well, I mean, look at your roster. And if you don't have Aaron Donald on that roster, you need to be making some pressure somewhere else. You need to be, you know, manufacturing it somehow. Not, those weren't exact words, but that's how I came from it. Like he, you have to manufacture it somehow because Aaron Donald's not on your roster. So didn't he beat somebody over the head with a with helmet? The scrimmage. At <laughs> yes. Lord. They scrimmaged anyway,
0: the Bengals who were kind of salty so about the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Moving on, (laughs) he still is, if not the best player in the NFL, one of the best players in the NFL. You don't have him on your roster. So how do you manufacture pressure? And we know that has been a huge point for Texas. People want to see the number of turnovers or forced fumbles or things like that. But even getting the QB to have to scramble and throw it away. That is a huge success for pressure. So let's look for things like that. Having to throw under pressure, having to scramble, having to hand off or just not go with what they had planned. That to us would be an improvement in generating pressure. What do you look for this weekend to show that the team has improved with this tighter coverage, that they are creating pressure?
0: Pre-snap for me, especially since I'll be at the game. Um, I know – pre-snap I'm going to be looking at body language big time are they communicating are they talking um when there's any type of motion anything that's happening pre-snap does it look like everyone is just the line they say 70 percent of the battle on defense is lining up correctly and that's something I don't know how many times over the years even you know that was something that really went bad under going back to Todd Orlando was pre-snap you would see guys scrambling just to get over to line up because they run were
2: out on the field <laughs> we had 10 one was running we,
0: out. <laughs> we wrote we sub somebody when we weren't supposed to sub somebody like just and it makes the players look bad right or or the players are supposed you know somebody's supposed to communicate this call and so just seeing that alone I think um you know we'll at least okay this is what PK is looking for that's number one number two is the same thing you just said disruption disruption it comes in all forms I do want to see an uptick in terms of the numbers, you know, from a sack perspective, interceptions, all those things, but disruption um, across the board, especially against a team like this. If you know, they're going to take shots. It's one thing. If you're like, ah, we couldn't get a whole bunch of picks today because the quarterback was being very conservative, checking down everything and wouldn't really give us anything to, to, to try to get right. But if they do, Y'all need to be coming up with some plays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but brothers over here beating their chess on Twitter talking about don't throw at me and all this type of stuff. Well, I know, you know, coach Joseph, coach Gideon, all of them going to be challenging. Hey, ball's coming your way this week. Are y'all ready? Let's get, because they will. Here's my thing. You can't tell me and I just because I said I like the ULM receivers doesn't mean that they should give us problems.
2: Oh, <laughs> thank you for clarifying yes. that. Thank you for clarifying
0: that. Just, just because I like them. They're, they're they're strength of the team. They're good. Those guys, some of them are all conference returning players. However, y'all practice every day against Xavier Worthy. You're right. practicing against people uh, 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 all over when Nair was there. You know, you're hearing good things about Casey Kane. You guys practice against Jatavian sanders you're practicing against uh brendan thompson who could be an olympian if he wanted to all these people that are like track stars so i don't want to hear you having problems with the ulm guys because you guys are used to and we heard them having success against those guys
1: i love that That, that's a great point iron sharpening iron right and that perfect practice makes perfect right we Texas is at an advantage because who they are playing against every day in practice, who they're up against those matchups every day, are high caliber players. And that's not to knock ULM. That's not to say you know they they can't have playmakers. But if we're just calling a spade a spade, it's exactly. it, they're different kinds of athletes. There There's should no
2: they they may have their moments, but it should not be a consistent win on the one on one battles. Uh, one thing that you just mentioned, which I love that you said that if when you're looking for pre-snap things and the defense knowing where to be and in position, that that eliminates 70, 70% of the the potential success right there for the offense. Ethan Burke, right? The kid from Westlake who's getting, they, some people are saying they're seeing him second team reps right now and, getting, and may get to play as a freshman out of Westlake. As He's, an edge. Yeah, as an edge player, thanks. So what? one of the things that coach Salazar from Westlake had said that these they train their athletes to because they're not always the biggest strongest fastest fastest at Westlake they have to be smarter. So they train their athletes how to watch film, how to you know decipher what is happening, what they're seeing, who is moving. And he said a lot of times players like Ethan Burke can eliminate 75% of what's about yes. to happen before the snap happens. And that's why you have players, super smart players like Ethan Burke, who I hope we get to see play well this year. That's why we have players like that who going to be successful. And if the entire coaching staff is already doing that now with the communication and the film study, you are an advantage when the ball snaps. And I'm excited that you said you're looking for that pre-snap stuff because it does eliminate most of the things that could happen. And then you're already, hopefully odds are you're in the right position to make a play.
0: Absolutely. You know, we want high IQ people play fast. it it, it, now time speed all those things matter in terms of evaluation but at the end of the day if they're if they understand what they're looking at and they understand okay that there's no surprises here every now and again the offense will have something up their sleeve that we didn't either see or prepare for that's what the coaches are there for we'll adjust on the fly but down down but down by down play by play we have to be able to be on the same sheet of music playing as fast as possible even if we have to simplify some things and and that that right there is is so key, especially somebody like Ethan Burke. The other thing that Ethan Burke has is, uh, you know, the size is a skill, and he has he's six foot seven. You can't teach that, and yeah. so that alone, you can you can <laughs> yeah. you can be disruptive, in a, from a certain standpoint, just off of his ability to understand how to leverage his size, um, which I'm hearing could be very very disruptive. You know already just right off the, the bat uh, as a freshman so and when exciting.
2: you send six seven running in the right direction <laughs> that helps too small detail small detail make that's sure the, they're running
1: in the right direction so. know,
2: side note and <laughs> my background as a rugby player right I I had one coach say I didn't make whatever select team because the other girl was faster than me and I told her and I said, well, she's running in the wrong direction, but she just got there faster. <laughs> like, what was the point of that? Anyway, so yes, speed, speed helps, size helps, strength helps. But when you know which way you should be going, oh yeah. That that matters. <laughs> All right. So let's I love it. A little bit of shade at the end. I, yeah, I, it. I won't I call it. that coach Keep out that from real. Kansas City, West Select. I won't call you out. Hey! Hey! <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I love it. your loss. All right. So <laughs> that was like 20 years ago, and it still bothers. So, me. It's still, it's still
1: like I love you. that though. All right. So so still let's grind ask your you. gears. Yeah. So so let's look at so as we go into this new season, you know, Stephen, we want to ask you what does success look like for 2022, and on the flip side of that, what does lack of success, or some may say failure? Look like coming we'll off of a five and seven season. Um, give us your points. What does success look like? What is uh, a failure look like for 2020?
0: So this takes us back to Rocky's point about show me this. This is, where, this is where this is really, really relevant because my idea of success may not align with other Texas fans based upon what we've seen over the last 12 years and also based upon what, where we're going in the future and what, how we're trying to build this thing, you know, to be stable, not just to be one hit wonder. And what I mean by that is I don't think I'm just looking at, I'm looking at the record, obviously, and starting at the record. And I think a baseline of, of eight wins is fair considering the schedule, considering the rest of the the, the conference. And, you know, you only leave the state of Texas three times. This this in these twelve games. It's a so. crazy
1: schedule this year. <laughs>
0: seven
1: home seven games. home games. You know we play OU at, at Dallas, of course.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's a really odd odd year. Uh, we have to drive to Kansas. one And we don't well, fly. I we have to drive Baylor to at twice.
2: home, which could be for a sh- spot in the Big Twelve championship game that weekend. Could be Texas Baylor competing for a spot in that championship game. We get them at home. TCU at home, which is. You know, always a thorn in the side, even if I know they go up and down, but they're still, they, they have it out for Texas. There's yeah. Well, we've got
1: sweaty G-pad on our side now. So yeah. hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, Which we'll might take advantage be why of that.
2: want to play even harder. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. So you're calling, you're saying an eight win season is, is a respectable improvement.
0: I think that's respectable improvement. Now here, here's my caveat though. If it's eight wins, right? Let's say we win eight games, but we still have a what WTF loss. We will. Right? We still have, or we we have multiple games where it's like, we got in our own way and we should have won the game. Like you could still finish eight and four. and Like you could say, hey, eight and four before the season, I'm comfortable with that and feel good before the season. But by the end of the season, when you see the whole product play out and everybody else play football, you're like, man, we left something on the table. I don't want to feel like I'm leaving stuff on the table, even with the growth period. Like, there's certain things I can tolerate, and there's certain things I can't tolerate. Yeah. For example, if we lose a game because of youth, like we lost those games, and I and, and, and God bless Sam Ellinger because he's balling right now, and he's his his body looks great, he looks healthy,
2: Best QB everything season.
0: He looked, he, he, I agree. He is the MVP of the preseason. His freshman year was, there was a learning curve. And so we had some losses, you know, the Oklahoma state game where we have the number one, you know, offense on the ropes and he throws a very, you know, a a horrible pick where he just, he's a freshman. And
2: Texas Tech. Right. The fumble,
0: the fumble, (laughs) the Texas Tech. Like that was a, those were games where if we had an experienced quarterback you win the game
2: exactly But we had
0: to go through it to to get to where he developed into very quickly the following season bowl, he was ready to right. go mm-hmm. we had to go through that and so if i'm losing if i go eight and four seven and five because of stuff like that with a bunch of freshmen and it's quinn and the line and, and they're just they have these highs and lows but we see them like we knew after sam's freshman year even despite all that we we're like the he's, he's going to be a great player for us. And he turned out to be. What I can't have is my older guys or my better players doing dumb stuff. Right. Or rolling again like we were a few years ago during the Sugar Bowl year. And then two people get suspended before Oklahoma State off a of bye week. Right. That's the type of stuff where I'm like, you know, and it cost you the football game. A game you were supposed to win. Right. A game that could potentially cost you the conference. So that's what I'm saying. Like, we have to really start looking at what does a eight, eight, we can't just look at it, just the record. And that's it. Right. Like there is nuance here. Right. Did the defense look better? Did we have a pulse? And so if we start seeing some of those things and it's like, well, we lost the game because of inexperience. The staff, the staff did everything they could. The staff had the kids ready to play. We had great energy. We lost. I think Texas fans can tolerate that. But we we will not tolerate losing a game the way Nebraska just lost the game. I can tell you that oh, right now.
2: Yeah, let's get into it. Let's go ahead and talk wider college football. You've gave fantastic perspective, of course, on Texas and what you're looking for this weekend. But let's go ahead and get let's get into it. You brought it up. Let's get into it. Let's move on to college football. We had week zero last weekend, some fun games. I said UNT. Um <laughs> UTEP was going to be close because the spread was one I said yeah take UTEP they got their butts kicked so don't listen to me <laughs> but Northwestern Nebraska I I cheer for Northwestern and I put it out there I've been cheering for them they're my Big Ten team because they're smart really? smart kids I cheer for them we all watched it I watched it three times now <laughs> what what did you take away from that game Nebraska Northwestern
0: the Nebraska thing, you mentioned it earlier. That's the that's the scary part for me as a Texas fan. That's what's holding me back from being through the moon excited about things. I'm ready to enjoy the journey. I'm ready to enjoy Queen Ewers. But what you just what you said earlier about once that first game happens or the first sign of adversity happens, Nebraska's been notorious recently under Scott Frost for losing close football games. And then watching that game, we all because because there wasn't that much football on, we all got to kind of hone in on them, and you saw it real time. The coach gets in his own way. That the on fake sides kick. Are you <laughs> effing kidding me? Kick look indefensible. Look. I,
1: I, it really is. It really is. And and that was the marker. I can't recall a game, any game that you could so specifically pinpoint exactly where it all fucked up. And in that game, it was so blatantly obvious. Even at the time that it was called, the announcer going, what the hell? Oh, collect, <laughs> that what the shit was this? <laughs> right? Like porn, I can't imagine being announced at that point, having to figure out how to justify that or figure out how to delicately say what the actual fuck just happened what was going through his head
2: and it was a night and day difference well it was because Casey Thompson started thinking about all his NIL deals in (laughs) the right right, right. and things just you know once he was remembering that he had so much NIL money it just changed his play no I'm just kidding I'm being sarcastic but but yeah but it was a massive swing I mean they were up by 11 now all of a sudden
1: you've given your opponent all of the momentum and it never stopped field possession, position momentum. It never stopped from there. You can pinpoint exactly where that went wrong. And that a hundred percent is on the coaching. That's a hundred percent on Scott Frost. And you know, the commentary after that is, Oh, you just got to keep your head down. You've got to ignore all the, everything that people are going to be saying. There's going to be a lot of
2: talk, but the expectations were high. I mean, this is, they were favored by almost two touchdowns, right? And, and you're on it. The entire stadium in Dublin, Ireland was red. You're, you're a in a few purple international spots. stage. Yeah. Yes. They all flew planes full. They were posting photos. Good for them to actually leave corn country Good to bad. go to Ireland and watch their team play. That's, that's awesome. But
0: I know, could you imagine, <laughs> hold on for a second. Could you yeah, imagine, let's talk about it? <laughs> you dropped the bread. To go to Ireland. It's a destination trip. It's weeks like you know, the whole experience, the experience for the kids. But you're you're doing this thinking you're gonna go and get a W, right? when like,
2: you were favored by 12 and a half.
0: But that's you where not
2: by 12 and a half.
0: You were and and they were they were rolling that way. And and that but, game, yeah. that's where my concern though comes in, because one of the things that Scott Frost is trying to defeat is the same thing, the mental battle. We're in a close game, adversity hits. We can't get over the hump. We don't know how to finish. We don't know how to win this. Why are we losing 28, 24, 20 to 17? Like all these games we feel like are right within our grasp, right within our reach. And then something happens and we get in our own way and we lose. And so for the coach to do that, I've tweeted this before. I've said it before many times. I have a very simple spectrum of coaching. You're either coaching scared, you're coaching conservatively, you're coaching aggressively, or you're coaching recklessly, hmm. and, and, and one, all <laughs> we saw we saw the entire spectrum of coaching in that game from both from both teams really because Northwestern you're talking about them being smart and they were for the most part Pat Pat Fitzgerald was on the conservative side right like I'm not gonna press things I'm gonna let his game plan in a lot of sense was they're gonna get in their own way. So let's not screw anything up. We're not going to fumble the ball. We're not going to enter. If we don't get our first down, we're going to play the kicking game. If you
2: game. can keep it in a possession against Nebraska, you'll win.
0: Well, you will win. And <laughs> and he and his theory was proven correctly, but he almost got too scared because his quarterback was hot. The Northwestern quarterback was on fire yep. and he kept taking the ball out of his hands so that they wouldn't risk a sack or a turnover. And I felt like it was kind of getting advantage to Nebraska. But then I have Mr. Frost over here being crazy reckless for no reason.
2: Right. Well, Megan and I were talking about the improved O-line of Northwestern. Remember? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the O-line showed the F up for
1: Northwestern. There's no mm-hmm. question. And look, I, I don't know. I, I'm so torn on Scott Frost, right? I look at him and I see these idiotic decisions like that that onsides kick, right? But if you go back and look at his coaching, I, I think Nebraska did this thing that, that schools, especially big schools that perhaps, uh, you know, are, are missing some of their old blue bloods that are missing some of their old prominence, right? They make this knee-jerk reaction based on emotion. But if you go back and look at Scott Frost <laughs> coaching throughout his tenure, he takes risks. He makes crazy decisions. And at a school like UCF, it works, right? Sure. At, a, at a school like that, that's a small school that. I'm trying to be expected. a
0: giant killer, yeah. Right,
1: you're you're not expected to go in and have these 15 and 0 seasons. the The pressure of that expectation, the weight, isn't there.
0: That's so a great can point. you go
1: and make these batshit crazy calls, and when you do it on a team like that, people go, "What brilliance! Oh, how much fun is this guy having? How how fun is the are these calls? But Then you try to transition that and translate that to a school, a blue blood like Nebraska, where, you know, all the uh, emotionally, all the things lined up. Scott Frost is the, you know, he graduated. He's the golden boy coming home. It doesn't line up. And we really only had one good year. Scott Frost really only had one good year at UCF, right? And Nebraska goes, oh, God, he's perfect. Bring him in. But that's like bringing. Not in a G five anymore,
0: though. Right. And, and that's how you have that's to. Like
1: in Tom Herman. But you're in the big leagues now, kid. <laughs> like this isn't. You can't. You can't make these crazy decisions that people love and and love these emotional ESPN thirty for thirty stories, right? Like the sob stories and the the oh look how crazy this season was the anomaly. You can't coach like you're an anomaly when you're it's, at a school like Nebraska.
0: And it's such a mental, it's such a mental thing. That's why our head coach today spent so much time at the press conference, not talking about football. We're yep. talking about all the other stuff bing, bing, bing. because he's trying to solve a mental challenge. And that's what Scott Frost, because t- to Rocky's point, again, we heard the same things preseason about Nebraska. We got all these transfers. We got all these guys. They hit the, they beat us out for, for O'Shawn Mathis. They took Marcus Washington. They took Casey Thompson. They 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 took Trey Palmer from LSU. And he was balling. Like you see all these new faces out there. But when adversity hit, they did the same thing that they've been doing. They and you you could feel the anxiety in that fourth quarter through your TV Ooh, screen
1: you for Nebraska. You could have cut it. You could have you cut, cut it. it. Off with
2: the well mic, yeah. it might be because all the computers were down and they were just giving away free beer, beer Insane. and hot dogs and french fries and then eventually free gin and tonic because <laughs> <laughs> apparently yes apparently in the beer yeah. they ran out of free they ran beer, out so yeah. they started giving away gin and tonics that is
1: the difference between europe and america straight up our computers are down take free shit we want you to have a good time you know I love it I love it. But, I mean you're already here right but but agreed wholeheartedly there was there was there there are a lot of parallels right there are a lot of comparisons to say oh Nebraska Texas both perennial powerhouses right been down on their You have a similar record since they left no doubt like, yeah there's a lot that you can compare I mean shit Nebraska's playing with our quarterback from last year so <laughs>
2: Going to our wide receiver yeah. trying, to,
0: trying to get that spark. That's yep. why that's why how Sark handles the beginning of this season is very, very we have to, because Scott Frost in one game lost all his all his equity. Right. With The only thing he can do is beat. OU you really, in my opinion, they're going to have they're going to have to they're going to have to beat you and Lincoln to build back some of that that goodwill that he felt they were saying some crazy stuff out of, out of camp. Our linemen are throwing up 20 times of practice Yeah. macho bullshit. Yeah. And then you go
1: to, well, and again, that shit works when you're at a small disruptor school, that kind of stuff, that kind of mentality, that kind of like, look at what we're doing that, that works at a small disruptor school. But ultimately the proof is in the pudding when you're at a blue blood and, and when it comes through, I just don't know that Scott Frost's coaching style is ever going to grow and adapt to be at a school like Nebraska at that level.
2: Yeah, the the winner of Twitter was the you know, <laughs> Northwestern O line coach who said, "We only threw up twice." If they think <laughs> we only throw up four times in practice,
1: yeah, yeah. I
2: love oh, it. Oh, it was it was amazing throwing shade at North at Nebraska, thinking, "Oh, because we threw up a hundred times, we're tougher." no, you're dehydrated.
1: (laughs) So, so to compare, look, yes, there are a lot of, a lot of parallels, a lot of comparisons between Texas and Nebraska. I think that is something that has given fans pause and makes us go, ah, shit. But look, ultimately I'm going to do my glasses half full thing here. Scott Frost, again, I feel like is a disruptor coach. What we are seeing from Sarkeesian right now, that's not disruption. That is building culture from the ground up. Now, look, we can get five games into the season. I could be completely effing wrong. You know, that it that is very possible. But from what I'm seeing, this is the, the culture and the way that Coach Sark is going about things is very different than the way that Frost is going about things. I
0: agree. And I think I think one of the things too where I where I compare and contrast them, I'll put it this way: I'm not worried about Steve Sarkeesian doing dumb shit like that. I I haven't really seen you know the craziness there but where anxiety can set in for me with sark early on what happens if you get up all of a sudden you just jump on alabama what are you gonna do right you jump up you come out and you get up like they were doing to a bunch of people last season where they were jumping on people like two or three touchdowns and then you're slow to make adjustments or you you have fatigue issues if we start and then the kids in their minds start saying here we go again. Are they gonna catch us again? That's where I, I I worry about Sark. I don't worry about him in terms of all that macho. You don't you you would never hear him say my lineman throwing up 20 times. Like I don't worry, he's an adult
2: that's one thing I'm, I, he's, he's an
3: adult. I love it
2: well you, since you mentioned that about finishing games and the difference between last year and this year we heard sark in his press conference say the difference is that the staff knows each other better like the play calling the training the, the game planning the staff knows each other better which they say should make a difference they watched film and game from last year and said this is where it turned this is where we you know where we started making mistakes or where the where we started losing control of a game. They watched the film and they watched it with the players and learned from that. And then he also said that the players have more confidence. They're playing with more confidence and that could be coming from being in in the same system for another year, or, you know, the camaraderie and community that they've built experience. They're all a year older, all the combination of things. But at the end of the day, the team feels like they're playing with more confidence. And the combination of those things is why he feels like, they'll be able to finish stronger than they did last year. So hopefully that that's what happens.
0: I do want to say one quick point. There. Yeah. Actually, two first First <laughs> point is what you said, because that's my biggest concern. So at this, at this point, I'm more so on the show me side. I want to see how you – because I know Sark. I know he's always going to be prepared at the beginning of the game and he's going to jump on people. I want to see – the only way I can know for sure that the culture and all the things we're talking about have changed is when they get in those situations if they're finishing versus allowing things to go crazy again and then they start turning against one another. If I even if they even if they have a moment but they don't turn against one another and they and they they're able to stay in line, that's great. Here's point number two in terms of if we're talking more schematic and because a lot of people, uh, you know, even Grinch and Lincoln Riley last year. They figured out what Sark was doing, and then you, start, you see Stark in that—that that, uh, when he's stressing a little bit, and he's crunched down, and he's got his play sheet up because he's—he's a mad scientist over there. But sometimes they can get frustrated.
1: Terrible at poker, great at football.
0: <laughs> the biggest, the biggest to me, the biggest person to help with this is Gary Patterson. To me, this is where Gary Patterson comes into play. I love that. I, I love don't really that. Gary Patterson. If, we're, if our culture is good the way they say it is, is even with the staff, he really shouldn't be as, as involved as we think on a day-to-day basis. They, he has to let them coach, or, because they're, or else they're going to feel like they have a big-ass shadow over their head the entire time. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. But when I heard that Gary Patterson was going over scripting and how he was adjusting encounters to Sark, that opened my ear. Because Gary Patterson can say, hey, this is humming right now, but I know that defensive coordinator over there. And here's what he's going to do to you. So just so you have a heads up, I think that helps make Sark a better coach.
1: I love that. Yeah.
0: So so that's where I think Gary Patterson in those meeting rooms can help with just some of those tweaks so that we don't all of a sudden stall out completely in a third quarter. And we're able to kind of make our own adjustments and, and navigate the defense better.
2: Last year, Sark was able to get some solid points on Patterson's defense, but for the last several years, Patterson's had Texas number and been able Mm -hmm. to shut them down. All right, so let's move on. This weekend, we have college football, not just Texas, but, but all across the country. It is officially week one, right? So let's fly through. Here's some games that I wanted to talk about, and I want you, Megan, and Stephen fanatic perspective to give us your quick takes on the spread I'm going to give to you so we are approaching the six-year anniversary of this play
3: rush stepping up throwing to crawl catches the lateral here comes Willis Willis racing to the end zone
2: That was Central Michigan's massive upset at Oklahoma State. And we're approaching six years since that game. And the reason I bring it up is because guess who's back in Stillwater this weekend? (laughs) Central Michigan. The spread is 21.5. And you remember Cooper Rush, Cowboys quarterback, quarterback. They beat Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State. The spread this week is 21.5 for Oklahoma State. What What are you seeing?
0: So I, 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 I uh, out of respect to the, are they the Chippewas? The Central? Chippewas, yes. Listen, Chippewas. The
1: Chippewas, my Michigan teams, but yes, they are the Chippewas. Out of
0: respect to the Chippewas, uh, amazing feat they pulled off six years ago. I don't see that happening again. Um, I, I just think this Oklahoma State, you know, they they did lose a lot on defense. Um, but getting coach Mason in there to replace Jim Knowles, who headed to Ohio state, great promotion for him. Um, Derek Mason has a lot to prove himself as a DC under Gundy. Um, and they're going to try to ramp it things up with Spencer Sanders
1: cool. and his wow. you know, his
0: 11th big 12 season, or it seems like, <laughs> uh, but I, I do have the, uh, Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys covering this.
1: All right. Uh, look, I, I I have to agree with that. I don't see anything uh, right now. Now, look, Gundy is always up for a few uh, letdowns, I guess. It, he's consistent and he fits Oklahoma State well. But he's, in my opinion, never going to be the coach that just takes it all the way. But he's damn consistent and he's elevated that program. All of that being said, uh, yeah, I I don't see I don't see it being anything crazy. I definitely think that Oklahoma State takes this. Um, And I think they cover.
2: All right. I agree. Oklahoma State pulls away late. Uh, It might be interesting in the first half, but it won't be in the second half. All right. Moving on. This is that was the Thursday night game. So there's games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday. We'll cover a couple of quick games in the top 25 teams. I was surprised that Georgia, number three, Georgia is a 17 point favorite against 11 Oregon. What do you have on that, Stephen?
0: This game is fascinating to me. Because you're going to have Bo Nix now with the Oregon Ducks. Like there's a lot going on here, right? So Bo <laughs> Nix, former Auburn quarterback, is now leading up the Oregon Ducks. But more importantly, in the big storyline here is Dan Lanning, Georgia, former Georgia defensive coordinator, who decided to stay with Georgia during the playoffs while he was recruiting for Oregon. He stayed the entire time and stayed through the national championship. And now he's going to be going head-to-head against Kirby Smart. And so this is – this landing bowl situation is what I'm calling it, the landing bowl, I think is going to be very interesting. He's first game as head coach, uh, Bo Nix in the building and all these guys. I actually think Oregon's going to cover the 17. This is the same – you know, this Oregon team, you know, last year and tomorrow, crystal ball, I get it. They did go under the horseshoe and pull off an upset and won outright. Uh, so I think Georgia's going to win by two scores. I just think that it'll be probably somewhere around 14, 15 points. I maybe sound crazy, but I got Oregon covering the 17.
1: All right, Stephen, if you sound crazy, I'm going to sound crazier. I'm taking Oregon in this game. I think Oregon comes outright? in outright. Oh, I, I, wow. think Oregon, I think Oregon comes in. They're hyped up. I think. They've got chips on their shoulders, all of them, all their shoulders covered in chips. They have something to prove. I don't think Oregon's going to make a huge splash ultimately, but this first game for them, I think they're going to come in. They're going to go. They're going to wreck shop. They're going to take
2: everybody by surprise. I take Oregon outright. Oh, I'm opposite both of you. Georgia's going to roll. And because... Oregon, new staff, they've recruited well, but they're still, they're going to start all over just like every other school. New culture, new schemes, new this, new that. They, like I said, they may play well. Georgia's will roll. they have been too consistent with their entire staff and they've recruited even better than Oregon. So I'm going to roll with Georgia to cover, winning cover. All right, this is the one I like. 23 Cincinnati at 19 Arkansas. In my opinion, 19 for Arkansas is actually kind of low. I like Arkansas. Well, I don't like Arkansas. I think they should be ranked higher, unfortunately. Um, they are only favored by six at home. I'll start. They are going to cover the six, no problem.
0: Wow. Okay. So this one is this. – I'm wrestling with this one because Cincinnati has played so well against some of these top teams, what, win or lose, right? But right. I think in this scenario, losing a dozen Ritter, a Sauce Gardner – you know, that whole secondary went to the NFL. Luke Fickles recruited really, really well at Cincinnati. Um, but this this Arkansas team, there's some like underground KJ Jefferson Heisman talk going on. Um, you know, they were really, really, they have some really underrated talent on defense. Arkansas does. And it's tough playing at No, It's a tough place to play. So actually, yeah, I'm going to go Arkansas to cover the six.
1: All right. I like it. I Look, I'm torn on this one. I hate picking Arkansas for anything ever at any time, just because I'm the worst gambler ever. And I, I feel too much. My soul hurts too much to say anything positive about Arkansas, but look, I got to agree with y'all. I think Arkansas at 19 is low. They are a team on the rise. They've been showing, you know, all of the signs of doing the right things and stepping up. And I think Arkansas is going to be a contender in the SEC this yes, year. Yes, they are. They're going to be in I, I hate to say that, but I think they're going to be there. So I think this is going to be a really entertaining game for three quarters, and then I think Arkansas runs away with it. I think they cover and win.
2: Good call. All right, moving on. So We all agree, cover and win Arkansas. I have 24 Houston at UTSA. The reason I bring this game up is because one, Texas plays UTSA in Week Three. Jeff Trailer last year, 12 and one regular season, lost their bowl game, finished 12 and two. But the reason this game matters, the spread is Houston minus four at UTSA. So giving UTSA the field goal at home, they're about a touchdown favorite. So Jeff Trailer, he is was voted one of the top 10 hires in co- all of college football for head coaches by ESPN. We know Jeff Trailer from his time at Texas, Beast, Texas, high school coach, knows the place, recruiting like crazy at UTSA, and also not scared of the transfer portal. He's building his own program. Here's what I love about UTSA, bringing back a senior quarterback, um, Harris, who had over 3,000 yards last year, bringing back their – Leading wide receiver last year, Zachary Franklin. And on defense, their safety, who communicates and runs the entire backfield, Rashad Wisdoms, bringing back him, their leading tackler. That kind of leadership, not only does UTSA cover, they win outright and upset Houston. UTSA.
0: So um, I'm picking Houston. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. And I love it. I love the whole thing. Um, I'm I'm going Houston on this one only because UTSA and Jeff Trailers is a fantastic coach, but I think what, what he'll, he, this is it, when you have the success that UTSA had last year, you're not sneaking up on anybody now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're not. And you know, what, what Houston has going on, I like what they return at quarterback as well. And some of their, some of the, you know, high octane offense. We know what Dana likes to do over there. So um, I'm picking Houston to, to, to win this game. I'm actually going to pick them to cover the four points. Um, Brandon, if you're listening out there down in San Antonio, you cover them along the wire podcast. Please do not kill me, sir.
1: (laughs) I love it. Listen, I, I want to pick UTSA. I do. I want anybody associated with UT to do well. Um, and I think it boosts Texas's chances and strength of schedule if UTSA does well. All that being said, Dana Holgrenson, who, who always reminds me of those like ridiculous hats that you buy that already have this stupid hair sticking out of them. Like, why does he look like that all the time? But look, I, I, think, he, I think he holds up. Um, I, I think Houston, you know, Stephen, you said it, Exactly right. They're returning too much experience. They know who they are as a team. Uh and and I think that again, this is a close game, but I see Houston pulling it out. Um, I'm gonna say that they cover as well. I think it's Houston by a touchdown.
2: All right. Y'all, y'all are gonna owe me a bottle of wine when UTSA wins that game. (laughs)
0: Go Roadrunners.
2: All right, a couple more games real quick, and then we'll get to Texas. Top five matchup week one, believe it or not. Five Notre Dame at two Ohio State. This game is on ABC at 6.30 p.m. Saturday night, same time that we'll be at the Texas game. This is where ESPN game day is at, of course, top five matchup. This is what shocked me. This is a top five matchup and Ohio State is favored by 17. I had to double check several places to make sure that was right. They are favored by 17. Do they win and do they cover, Stephen?
0: So this game has brought up a lot of controversy with the fact that Notre Dame was ranked in the top five to begin with in the first place. And I've heard so much scrutiny in the college football community over, oh, because of Notre Dame, because of, you know, how they are, blah, 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 and boosting them up there. You know, you're losing a Brian Kelly to LSU they're going to be breaking in a first year quarterback and all of the things that, that come with that. And then on top of that, everybody's so high on Ohio state with all the firepower they have offensively Marcus Freeman, now the head coach of Notre Dame. I don't know if a lot of people remember this. He was a captain at Ohio state as a, as a linebacker. And he was one of their better players the years we were actually playing um, Ohio state, Texas back in the mid two thousands. So Marcus Freeman you know, his former Buckeye going against his, his alma mater. I mean, for that, his
2: first game. <laughs> for his
0: first game as head man. Um, I, I'm starting to feel this whole nobody believes in us energy from Notre Dame. I feel like a lot of people have been, like, just writing them off. All this talk about they don't deserve to be in the top five. The, you know, you got the first year quarterback. It took y'all a while to get to your quarterback. All this type of stuff. I don't think they're going to beat Ohio State. I think Ohio State just has too much. But that seventeen points and a two-five matchup is disrespect.
2: It's disrespect. That's
0: disrespect. And so, for the culture, Notre Dame needs to cover. You have to <laughs> for the culture. Y'all got to cover that.
2: <laughs> All right, Megan. Yeah, look, I I
1: agree with you wholeheartedly on the disrespect point. Um, I think Ohio State comes in. They have too many returning guys that know what the fuck they're doing. They, Ohio State, again, as much as I love to hate them, they're still Ohio State. Um, and it's at the shoe. So, yeah, I, I think they have too much returning, too much experience, and too much firepower to to lose this game. But I agree. I think Notre Dame, again, is playing with that chip on their shoulders. So I take Ohio State, but I don't think they cover.
2: All right. I think, like you said, they're in Ohio, at Ohio State. Um, I think they went in cover. I, it's just too much. Notre Dame has too much new, too much, too many questions. So if I had to put money, I wouldn't put money on question marks. I would put money on what we know And Ohio State we know is good.
0: Then that justifies Notre Dame shouldn't have been ranked in the top five.
2: And they'll probably get booted all the way to six. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So we just—you just mentioned Brian Kelly left for LSU. He is playing. He is hosting Florida State Sunday night. So Florida State. Thank you to Deep Rickings on Twitter because I was like Duquesne Duquesne. It's pronounced Duquesne. Thank you. I admitted I didn't know how to say it. Thank you for telling me. It's pronounced Duquesne. Florida State rolled them forty-seven-seven, and now Florida State's taking what they think might be momentum because they beat up on nobody into lsu lsu is only favored by a field goal so it's a flip them game what do you have who just let's say let's just who wins outright because it's pretty much an even game
0: this is probably the hardest game for me i, I feel like i've said that a couple of times but honestly this this one's hard because there's nothing i can take away from florida state beating up on duquesne I, and it was it was a rainstorm there's nothing i can take from that game lsu we still don't know who's starting at quarterback as <laughs> of right now. I mean, they're going to they're going to they I mean, Brian Kelly may not even he may play both. Who knows what he decides to do. He has a lot of talent on defense but a very young defense. So, I'm um, uh, you know, and Mike Norvell they're looking for some sort of splash over there at Florida State to get things to try to get momentum back um In tight situations like this, I tend to go with who I think is the better coach. And so I'm a lean LSU home opener, Brian Kelly's debut. Um, Even though it's not the signature win that you would think it would be maybe five or six years ago, beating a Florida State, I still think that matters. Um, And I think, you know, LSU also has some playmakers on the outside who are as good as some of the guys in the country. And him being an offensive guy, I'm going with Brian Kelly um, in LSU to win this game.
2: All right, Megan?
1: Yeah, look, I I don't disagree with anything that you said. What I will say is I think this is going to be one of those games that on paper looks like it's going to be a crazy, yay, FSU and LSU together. What, What a pageantry, exciting... I think it's going to be a blah-ass game. Yeah, it's going to be boring. I I think it is. So with that being said, I I agree. Look, FSU, we were watching them. They don't seem to have a ton of support recently. You know, Stephen, like you said, they're trying to hype up and and find their identity and find their support. I got to agree. Brian Kelly, with all of his fake Louisiana accent, I think he pulls it off. But I think it's a boring-ass game in the process. So LSU in a very meh game.
2: Mm, I agree the game will be meh. I I wouldn't be surprised if Florida goes in there and wins it. Why not? I'll I'll say they come in and win. Why not? Who cares? All
0: right. <laughs> Who cares about I, it? I, hey, LSU spaces and radio shows. There, that's not a reasonable fan base. So if he loses that first game, especially with him being a, a Yankee, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so let's let's get to Texas. Texas, 7 p.m., U- University of Louisiana Monroe is at Texas. It's on LHN. We talked about this earlier. Texas is favored by 38 points. So I saw a stat today on LHN that showed Texas actually in the past so many years has won their home opener by the second most points in the country. Like we, we, we blow out home openers after that that's that's a different statistic but texas has history blowing out home openers what do you see that 38 is big
0: it's a big number you have a you have a freshman debut for a lot of kids i, I still think that num- now depending on with the injuries and stuff I, at one point i thought we we could potentially start seven freshman or sophomore in offense um in this game i, I don't see that being as high now with some of the guys that have missed so much time, but um, all that being said, I think Texas covers this. This 38 points. I think Texas will cover, and the reason being, I hadn't mentioned it yet, and I was saving it for this. I love what Jeff Banks is going to do with in, in special teams. They're mm-hmm. going to block. They're going to block some kicks. They were amazing last year. Now, and he's figured out this thing where I put track stars on the edge.
2: Keelan Robinson, and the
0: punters out. Keelan Robinson was doing. Keelan Robinson had, should have had more. There was one where they called an offsize on him and he really wasn't off-size. He was just that fast. Um, he now has Brennan Thompson he can do this with as well. So he's going to have, he Jeff, Jeff Banks has, has a lot to play with on special teams. So I think it's going to be um, an opportunity to score, I think, on all three sides of the ball. I think Overshow making his debut in more of a hybrid role and really just executing i think these kids want to come out and get off to a good start get off to a good vibe knowing alabama's behind them but knowing alabama's behind them in a good positive way of uh, we want to come out we want to look sharp and we also want to do um i said this on on a on another episode i was on on um somebody's show lsu when with that year we played lsu the week before they played i think it was like jacksonville state or somebody like that they played they played like a good you know one of these type of schools and they put so much on tape where it was like whoa 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 what is this and and it really really got my eye open to how aggressive they were going to be against us i i wouldn't mind if we did the same thing to 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 louisiana monroe i'm not all these people talking about oh i don't want to show this this and this is saving Look, Saban and Sock know each other, all right? There's no hiding. Neither one of them are going to be able to hide from each other. It's not a whole bunch of tricks. This is more so – I'm more so concerned about execution because execution is going to lead to confidence with young players. So I want Quinn Ewers to have a big game throwing the football. I want Bijan to get his run in the football and um, have a really big win so they feel good and confident going to Alabama. We're not talking about anything else.
2: So, yes, cover thirty eight.
0: I um, yeah, we're covering thirty eight.
2: Oh, okay, Megan. Ugh. Listen, when
1: I hear the words, we're gonna cover thirty eight, my butthole puckers just a little bit. Ew. it it hurts. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> but I gotta agree. I, I think that Texas has really they, again, i I guess my theme of this episode is chips on shoulders, right? I think Texas, Wants to come out. They want to show who they are. This team knows that they're better than what they've shown. This team knows that they are more talented than what they've shown. And I think this team is really playing for their coaches. Um, So, yeah, I think this is really a a, (laughs) it's a coming out party and it is Texas coming out with some aggression. I think they're going to they're going to play hard and they're going to prove that this next matchup in week two is going to be deserved. And is going to be a good game. So, yeah, I think Texas wins. And I think they cover. Oh, that's hard to say. But,
2: yeah, I I think they cover. Rocky? All right. Texas wins big. They do not cover. And here's why. Because when Texas is up by three to four touchdowns, which I could see that happening. They have to get the young guys. They have to lean on so many people who are young to Texas and new to Texas that they have to get them playing time. They got to put something on film to coach them up next week. And in the next 10 weeks, 11 weeks after that. So the only reason I would say 38 is a stretch. Like I wouldn't put money on that number is because they're going to put in two deep, three deep, maybe four deep. If they have the time and and points, available to do that and that may slow down the all gas no breaks. that may put a little bit of brakes on that um firepower and maybe even they get up a late give up a late play or something ulm gets some points later. Trash time, yeah trash yeah. time points and that's going to be because at the end of the day this isn't about covering the spread this is about preparing for a big 12 championship game um, big 12 championship season and you don't do that by keeping your starters out for no reason you got to get the younger guys playing time. you got to get um, different combinations, especially on the O-line, especially you got to get, get different combinations out there. And that's the only reason I see it maybe holding back, not because he's not still calling aggressive plays, but you just have a different level of athlete and new level of athlete out there um, without necessarily the timing or things like that, where it may slow down a little bit, but not because they're not being aggressive with the play calling on both sides of the ball.
3: I'm
0: hoping defense can help with that, though. We get a pick six, get a fumble return, um, disruption. That goes back to the other thing we were talking about. Defense can get involved in there. I think there's a way you can cover that number, but they have to – I don't think it's going to be all offensive scores or without special teams or defense at least making a short field. Yeah. Um, if that – I do agree there. The other thing, too, to your point, is back in the day when you used to have openers like this, when the young players got in, they would they would ball. Like I want I want to get back to like we're not gonna hold you guys back 10. or treat y'all with kid gloves. Would you say?
2: When every game was 52 to 10,
0: <laughs> like yeah, but day. it was like, you know, Vince Young would get in and, and run for two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Like we didn't, we weren't like scaling back the play calling. It was still we're still running our stuff and that's what I would like to see there's we've 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 done this thing when we're blowing somebody out where we all of a sudden you know we'll put the kids in and then we won't run our real plays and just hand the ball off and I'm like Alabama and the, all the other schools never do that crap like they run their offense and I want to these kids deserve that as well
2: run up
1: I, would the
0: say, <laughs> I have a question for you guys
2: uh-oh
1: yeah do you
0: think do you think Malik Murphy plays in this game
1: I like that question.
0: He has four games that you can play him in. And Uh, I mean, how many opponents do you get? That would
2: mean we went through Hudson Card getting a couple of touchdowns in there and feeling good and moving him out of the way now, too. Um, If I had to put money, I'd say no. But I hope the game is just flying so easily that midway through the fourth, he gets a a series or two. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I think that we do see Malik
1: in, but I think we're going to see him more in some wildcat positions, right? Like, I think we're going to see him as we're testing out, you know, we've got some scores up. We're going to try out some crazy plays. We're going to try out some trick plays because what do we have to lose because we're up by so much, right? So um, yeah, I, I think I love it. Like, I wouldn't count on it. I certainly wouldn't put money on right. it, but I like the idea of Malik coming in uh, and, and running a, f- a few trick plays just to get the real game feel real game experience
2: I don't know if you're going to put them out there I'd say run an offense go out put them out there to run an offense that's my that's my opinion I don't know we'll see well hopefully it's just rolling for Texas that they can have time to make those decisions do
1: you and I only ask run? that
0: question because I don't know if there's another opponent on the schedule where where you can almost plan for that like
1: Comfortably. Yeah. yeah
0: I don't I don't so at some point you do want to try to get some guys worked in when you have an opponent like this. Um, no disrespect to ULM, but they just they don't have the horses to to hold up for four quarters like that. So agreed. We'll see.
2: All right. Well, it sounds good. All right. So let's wrap up. We made our picks for college football. We talked about Nebraska Northwestern. We talked about the press conferences. We're ready for game week. One last thing before we wrap up. Today is michael jackson's what would have been his 64th birthday i know it's hard to pick because there's like four million great songs steven what is your go-to like oh i want to hear some michael jackson i'm gonna play this song
0: you know it's funny um i was thinking about making a, a a thread of the top five michael jackson songs that nobody talks about that are fantastic Mm -hmm. Um,
1: you take mine i'm gonna be so mad about so
2: many the odds of having the same one i'm gonna
0: tell you i'm gonna i'm gonna say one that nobody's even thinking about right now but i was in the gym earlier today and it came on the playlist and it really got me through the set and it's called leave me alone uh off the bad album and if you remember the music video and he's on the roller coaster one yes yeah cartoons. all the paparazzi that was Mike kind of in his FU days to the media, which is now known as like TMZ and stuff like that. Leave Me Alone. That, that song resonates with me on a personal level. So that, that would be my off the, off the wall, Michael Jackson pick, if you will.
2: Yes.
0: Yep, there you go.
2: This was so they had the animated video with dangerous and bad and smooth criminal. They were all on that. What was it? What was that? I thought it was like a
0: roller coaster or some. Well, no,
2: yes, but Mm. but this video was like they put it in with a bunch of like the whole video compilation was on like a movie like dangerous movie or bad movie or whatever it was.
0: Oh, was it Moonwalker?
2: Yes, Moonwalker. Moonwalker. Dance. Yeah. Yes. All right, Megan. That was a good one. That was a good one. What do you got? I like it mine's blaming it on the
1: boogie. I I I can't hear that song and not just have to, shake pick. Have to like get down to it.
2: So when you think like essential Michael Jackson, to be, like, uh, yeah, oh, when you know, yeah, action, yeah, the so, like, yeah, so, so. That's a great one megan this is mine and i know this is one that kind of went under the radar and it was that creepy one with presley the, what was her name that he married Priscilla, lisa, marie. Presley, lisa marie lisa marie presley
0: yeah, yeah. is that you were not alone yes you
2: were not yes oh, this one's, oh i love this song oh, man.
1: No, it
2: was Another day has gone.
1: I'm still all alone.
3: Oh, You're not here with me. You never said goodbye
2: this to me like i have other favorites dirty diana dirty remember diana the time true. yeah um the way you make me feel like i have my michael jackson top 10 but when i want to hear like just his voice i go to this song all right that's a uh, happy birthday michael jackson you would have been 64
0: happy birthday
2: all right Sweet. i know creepo wow. whatever whatever All right, move, <laughs> moving on let's wrap it up well tonight we had. Fanatic perspective, which is massive, huge. Thank you for joining us. You're, We are so grateful. Everyone knows you. Everyone follows you. Everyone loves your content. Not only are we lucky enough to have you, we have so many great Texas guests coming up this, this season.
1: Yeah, we really do. Look, we've been trying to pack this. We, we had Texas Homer on earlier. Fanatic, we've got you. We love you, man. We appreciate you. Thank you. Next week coming up for Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you always being here. Trust like Anytime you want to join on, let us know you're here. You got a spot, my friend. Um, but yeah, next week, we please join us. We've got uh, Mike Harge and Rob Babers of Ball Don't Lie. We are going to recap the ULL, ULM game and look forward to Alabama. We have Kyle Umlang coming on. We've got Kevin Dunn. We've got some former players, some current players, and some Texas families that are going to join us and a whole lot more. So please, y'all, stay tuned. Hit that subscribe button. Follow Fire the Cannon one on Twitter. Check us out on your favorite podcast uh, network. Favorite podcast listening. Check it out. Fire the Cannon. Give us a listen. As always, we appreciate
2: you. Stephen, tell people where they can find you yeah. on all the different channels.
0: Absolutely. So YouTube, Fanatic Perspective. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit the like button. Tap in. That's the best way to to support us. Help us continue to grow in the in the, the community. Uh, all socials: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find us at Fanatic Perspective. So very thankful. If you see us at a game, I'm trying to get to every home game at least this year. So if you see me out and about with Tran, uh, show us some love. We, we you know we'll give you a hookem. But um, very very blessed just to continue to grow here. And um, thank you thank you ladies for having me on. I always have so much fun chatting with y'all. So I, I'm I'm so thankful.
2: Love it. And if people, we made some pretty bold picks today on college football. If people want to make picks, where should they go?
0: So that you guys hit up BUSR, BUSR.com slash fanatic. They are my sponsor, the official sponsor, the official sports book, the official betting partner of fanatic perspective, BUSR, amazing customer service. When you're betting with somebody, you want to have a reliable betting partner. It's a very, very important relationship If you're going to be in this line of business and so, you know, tap into BUSR, BUSR.com slash fanatic. The promo code right now is sports 100 FP, which is a hundred percent free play match on all initial deposits within the first 24 hours Mm -hmm. up to a thousand dollars. So we're matching a hundred percent of your initial deposit. Mm
2: -hmm. I'm going to go use busr.com slash fanatic because I need a new place to bet because my last place gave me hassle trying to cash out my winnings. So I'm going to go check out your people.
0: Check them All out. Right. Check them out.
2: All right. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. It was amazing having you. It's game week. It's the season. We are here. Let's wrap it up. All right. As always, y'all, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky.
0: I'm Stephen from Fanatic Perspective.
2: And we are Fire
1: the Cannon. Sir! <laughs>